and welcome to the 55-1 podcast. It is a back to the Zoom edition because, uh, you know, we wanted to change things up and we didn't like um, actually smelling each other. It was the the looking at each other was, was good, but the, the smell wasn't working. It's just me, Westberdine, with Corey Schreppel, the two Pennsylvanians Hi. in on this thing. Yeah. Going to talk about some yeah. hoagies, talk about some... Uh, we are the Hogies very specific then, whites, is what we are. The, <laughs> it's it's the it's the sheets versus Wawa. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, we're gonna you talk know, about discourse. Some, we we uh, should have gotten Tyler Miller on this. He probably would have talked with us for about five minutes about that. Yeah. Cheese. We'll talk about cheese steaks. Uh, favorite place to get it. Obviously, Joe's. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Rodrigo is in. I'm I'm told not Disneyland, as I tweeted. He is in. Uh, Universal, Universal Studios. Okay, yeah. great. I don't know. I, yeah. I was hoping you'd jump. I don't know. It's me. it's it's a uh, technically Rodrigo is Florida man right now. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It's, I can't wait for all the whatever news reports come out over the next couple of days. Um, and uh, it's Mark Fangmeyer's fortieth birthday. He's out having a five course meal. He may join us, but he is going to be lit if he joins us. I think. Uh, I think. I believe there was a a, a wine pairing for each course. Uh, so. I sure hope he joins and uh, and and uh, tells us we can we can get the whole watch report on his uh, five course meal. Um, oh my god, it's gonna be amazing! So let's let's kick this off <clears throat> with some good, bad, and the weird news. The U.S. women kick off their Olympic quest this Wednesday. Uh, I had forgotten they didn't win. Win. I was just in yeah. writing the notes. I was like, oh, and they're defending their goal, the gold, but they didn't. They got kicked out by Sweden. Uh, last time because we both Googled it because we couldn't remember. And um, the first game this Wednesday, 3.30 a.m., Blackheart is going to be hosting a no-spoiler watch party at 5 p.m. I'm going to be bartending anyway. So turn off your social media all day and uh, and, and show up and watch with us at 5. If you ruin it, I will throw things at you or something like that. Um, yeah, I think we're going to do that basically for all the games. Um, there's going to be, there's usually like a late morning or early morning repeat of it. I think like a 8.30 in the morning. Um, and then there's going to be a 5 p.m. repeat. So we'll do yep. the same. They haven't announced exactly the schedule of when the replay is on Saturday. Um, but there will be one. So hopefully it's like perfectly timed where we can watch it and then go over to, uh, to the game, uh, against Portland. And the, uh, the, the, the second group stage game is like in that weird sweet spot where it's sweet spot where it's like kickoff is at six thirty central. It's like, do you, do you just get up a little extra early? I mean, for those of us that are yeah. childless, like, do you get up a little extra earlier and, and, and do that or, or what? Yeah, that one um, could happen. Uh, people do it. I'm not opening the bars uh, that or the bar that early because um, it would require. Well, I'm out of town this weekend, but it would require someone to clean the bar at 4 a.m. or 4:30 a.m. And uh, nope, that ain't happening. <laughs> so uh, it uh, sounds like uh, Rodrigo is going to come in. Oh, everybody! Uh, oh, how you guys doing? Great. We um <laughs> we just started the podcast. You're you're uh, you. We got through the first news item uh, preparing for the the Olympics. Um. So why don't you tell us a good uh, Universal story? Give it, give us the the best hit from Universal Studios, and uh, and then we'll go to a couple news items. Um. So, uh, so like uh, we went on this ride called the Velasa Coaster, which is similar to the. Um, what is it? What is it? What is it? Right? It's not wild thing. Maybe the coach through one of those. It's literally like a hundred, like a hundred twenty meter drop, like a two hundred foot drop. Well, I was supposed to go. The, the girls had waited all week because every time you go onto it, like it's always like an hour wait. And so the first thing we did yesterday morning, literally, we got up at crack of dawn, six o'clock in the morning, to be able to be get early for the open access, and they were there on the first ride. And I was apprehensive because, like, I don't like rides that only have, like, a lap security belt, like mm-hmm. a lap security thing, right? Like, I, if it's got, like, a, something that comes over, like, then I feel more secure. My anxiety is not as crazy. But Nubia was like, you go with them, go with them. And I was like, all right, I'll go find them. And by the time I got in, they were miles ahead of me. Like, they had booked it. 
And so then, like, I'm in the ride, and I, then I realized, I was like, well, there's no going back. I'm going to have to go on this thing alone. Right? And I'm like, okay. And then, I'm, you know, and they have, like, literally all the things of Jurassic Park that you, you've seen the movies. Like, they had one of the Velociraptors, like, chained up, like, the face through the wall type of thing scene, and it's moving and doing all the things, and I'm getting kind of hyped up about that. Well, I go on the ride, right? And like a, and I close my eyes when we go to the first tip because I see the first tip coming and I just go down and it's a bunch of turns and everything, and I get out, and then I find Nubia and I find uh, Santi, and like I'm walking and Santi goes, Dad, did you pee your pants or did you just lose your soul? Which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> so with Rodrigo back on the pod, we are now a threesome. Uh, and now we're ready to go to the U.S. men's national team. They won the Gold Cup Group B with their 1-0 uh, win over Canada. Uh, that was kind of a, a great um, after uh, after party for the after the Loons win. Um, and uh, it wasn't a, a great game, but I was also, there were Seattle people I was chatting with and, and other people, so I, I won't say that I paid that much attention to it. Uh, plus now that it's, <clears throat> now that it's, uh, knockouts, now this is the interesting stuff because on Sunday at eight 30, they either play Costa Rica or Jamaica and goddamn, I really want it to be Costa Rica, even though what's going to be missing there, Corey, our, our, uh, Lord and savior, Francisco Calvo, um, Friar Calvo, uh, arch nemesis will... of the podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, so when they were playing uh, Suriname, Francisco Calvo gets a yellow card uh, somewhere in the game. I forget. I'm, I'm looking at the notes here. Right around the 63rd minute, um, uh, he, you know, he just commits a foul, whatever. Uh, but, you know, just like we have known in several Minnesota United games, uh, Francisco Calvo, toward the end of the match, it gets a little chippy. He got another card like another uh, obviously resulting in a red for some pre-corner kick extracurriculars, um, which is just fantastic. I mean, Costa Rica still won. They're still obviously moving on. We don't know what they're, what place they're going to be, but if they beat Jamaica, the United States um, will not play them. The United, if Jamaica beats Costa Rica, uh, we will have Francisco Calvo watching from his hotel room. Wait, so, so they have one more game. So he might actually play in the U S game. Correct. You're actually correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so he's I've... suspended. He's suspended for the third group stage game, and then if they lose to Jamaica or if they draw and there's whatever the the, the tiebreakers are, because right now they're tied on goal differential and they're tied on wins and losses. So it's going to be head to heads. I hope. Oh, I wish that red card. Oh, what was... if if it came to red cards and then good. they be then they're second, then they play the U.S. and then he can get another red card. Oh, goddamn. Um... <laughs> It's going to so, be amazing. DK just takes him out with the elbow. It's going to be great. The bad here is uh, the news out of Atlanta. I mean, the good is that Atlanta United is in a uh, a free fall. They um, are managerless after they fired Gabriel Heinze after only like what, six months. Um, yeah. 17 so, games, I think they said. Yeah. 12 but games, the, something like that. The doesn't re- matter. The real bad here is um, that news came out of how we knew he had a falling out with um, uh, Joseph Martinez, which again, if it's a fight between Joseph Martinez, who is one of the best players in the league and one of the most beloved players by Atlanta fans, I don't care who it is. They'd be like, no, we're going to take Joseph on this one. Uh, but <laughs> it tur- turns out uh, Heinze um, is a psychopath and like would withhold water from people and uh, in, in a previous cl- at his previous club, he apparently would find people if they put on any weight, um, and they right. w- measured them every every other day. They would have they would was weigh them hundred pesos for hundred grams or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a 500, 500 gram like uh, grace grace uh, period. Like if you weighed, like you could do that. But after that, like anything after that, it was like. Yeah, there's a video of like is it is it is it Nico? I think it's Nico. Uh, one of the former players being interviewed when they ask him, was like, yeah, they would find us, and then and, and, uh, and that and so like that's that's crazy because there's also rumors or stories uh, saying that you know the 
the uh, medical team for Atlanta had to step in and some of the hydration issues. And yeah. so that's just, that explains why it went all like, I mean, we don't know what happened with Chris Armas, right, to the full extent, but like, can't be that. It can't, this is, this is worse in my opinion. No, yeah, it, 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 it also sounds like, you know, um, players officially filed complaints with the MLS Players Association regarding guaranteed days off and a bunch of other things. Uh, Heinz said just wasn't sticking to those. And it was just just a totally toxic environment. And how, how could you be successful under, under a manager like that? So, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to see any players uh, treated like garbage like that, even if I don't like them. So that is weird and uh, and bad. Uh, the actual weird stuff is Mat- Matias Almeida uh, had his he got a yellow card in his last match for San Jose Earthquakes or coaching them, but his translator was red carded. Do you know anything more about this? I have no that- idea what was said Great. or or anything. I just think I don't know if it's if it was extracurriculars by the I saw only the, the, the gift, interpreter. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw like the the video, but there was no there was no decent on um, on field audio. So I don't know if it was. It would be amazing if it was the interpretation or the translation that got him red carded <laughs> without the ref knowing. And Almeida's right. like, you know, it's just he's just doing a direct thing there. Or if it was something extra where it was clear that this wasn't a translation. It was as a member of the team, he was just going after right. the ref. Um, I really hope I, it's the former because like, that would be brilliant. Like he is a human shield for Matias Almeida to not get a red right. card. So, uh, what what should be some sort of like Argentinian idiom anecdote thing that you say, no, que boludo or something like that. And like, it's tra- how do you translate that? And he just comes up with the wrong thing to say and then boom, <laughs> get a red card. Um, so let's uh, let's do the last bad here, which is uh, I, I, or weird. This is actually a good, I think. Defender uh, Jeff Cameron, uh, um, big into OAN, O A N N. Anyway, Cameron, uh, anti-vaxxer extraordinaire, couldn't travel with uh, Cincinnati to Montreal because he refused to get vaccinated. Uh, he's their best defender. Cincinnati were up four two in the seventy second minute, and they lost five to four. Mason Toy gets his fifth goal of the season, I believe. Yep. Uh, just beautiful, just great stuff. Yay. I love it. It's just, I, and I love the, I love the the Twitter discourse on this one, where it was just like, well, you know, he's he's like thirty some years old, and you know, he's not that great of a defender. And they're like, yeah, but he's literally your best defender. Yeah, like you you gave up five goals in fifteen minutes, you guys, or three goals in fifteen minutes. It's kind of brilliant. All right, well, let's yeah, uh, MLS was not that night. Let's take a <laughs> let's take a break here and we will come back and let's uh let's kick off the Minnesota United part. Part 2 of the 551 podcast. We're going to talk about Minnesota United. Let's uh let's start with the the little bit of tapas news. Uh Michael Boxall is officially out of the Tokyo Olympics. Um, he's got no set timeline for returning for Minnesota United FC. Um, Roman Metnier is still eating baguettes in France, just um, just chilling out, waiting to get his green card. Um, and uh, and so, yep, who knows when we'll have those guys back. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> So the the only relevant watch, we don't have uh, Mark here um, to give us the watch, but um, we did see an Instagram uh, photo that came up of Mark Watson in France. Uh, it was a someone it was an agent out there who had a, yes. had a, a photo of him tagged him in it. So uh, I don't know what you want to read into it, but yeah, that's that I, I don't know what to read into with Roman Metaner like, it feels like his green card stuff is taking a little too long. Like, is there a trade in the works? Is there a transfer in the works? Or am I reading into it too much? Mark Watson was there. Like, I'm putting, like, I, like I feel like the it was Aliens yeah, guy yeah. from the History Channel meme right now. Like, I'm just trying to figure, like, it's probably two separate things. But, you know. I mean, yeah, Mark season, Watson, so I don't think he'd be there for him. Because, uh, yeah, but. 
Yeah, no, I, I think there's also it's been an issue in the MLS specifically with players from Europe trying to get their visas all sorted out as well too. I don't think Metanier is the only one that's having issues, but it is one of those things like when they take your when you take your passport to to like you know do your do your form and everything else and process it. You don't get it back until well, the, you're done. Shades of, you ain't going nowhere, dude. Of, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. So he's just stuck enjoying being in 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 France, I'm assuming, and, and hopefully doing some sort of training. But who knows? I mean, I mean, DJ Taylor's doing a good yep. job. So. And um, uh, I will say that uh, there's there's shades of uh, Richard Garcia to Minnesota United when uh, in 2014 um, Minnesota signed this. Uh, Australian striker Richard Garcia, who was going to come. I forget how old he was at the time. Uh, he was like 30, but he was kind of a big get for them. And he got delayed and delayed because of visa stuff. And he eventually showed up, played two games, disappeared again. It was a, like a classic, remember that guy. Um, uh, uh, so hopefully, Metnir does not become a remember that guy and he like just never returns from France. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So Mark Watson's looking for uh, more French guys to sign, which I am all about signing more French guys, Zut Alor and, and, and whatnot. Um, let's talk about the 1-0 win over Seattle Sounders. Seattle ca- came into this um, on a 17 million game unbeaten streak. Uh, we've never beaten them. Uh, we've only tied with them. We were starting uh, a, a kind of four game stretch that I think is pretty crucial and, and pretty tough for them. I was not very hopeful about this game, but, uh, but let's talk about how it, how it played out. What Corey, let's start with you. Who, who, what were the big positives from this game? I think, I think the big positives for me were seeing exactly in back-to-back matches, the difference that Dotson and trap could make, um, you know, Heath gave them the like uh, the week off as starters against Colorado. We saw how that changed the entire midfield, and we talked about it last week. It was slow. It wasn't terribly creative. There was a lot of confusion. There's something about Dotson and Trap. Trap is continually, um, continuing to be one of our most reliable players, if not our most reliable player and breakout star of our team this season. Um, I think he's been incredible on the ball. I think his vision is good. Um, he's not perfect everywhere, but he's absolutely solid. It, it gives Dotson a little bit more freedom. I think the two of them understand each other really well. That was the biggest thing that I was um, excited about when I saw the lineup. Um, I will say I thought Coleman and Debasi did a great job as center backs. I thought they, Rudy Diaz was silent in this match. Like he... We could talk about tactics, but he was playing a little deeper as a false nine for Seattle in the first half. But even when he came out as a, you know, target striker trying to split the center backs, he he couldn't get anything. Um, part of that was the service. Part of that was Common and Debasi being absolutely stellar. Um, basically, everybody from Bebelo back. I let's thought was let's start really, with, really um, great. with what you started with that with there of, of Trapp and, and Dotson. We've we've talked a lot about um, both of them in different ways, but um, Trap again, he's not there's he's not glorious in many of the ways that uh, that Ozzy was in the past, but he's very solid. I I was really impressed with him. I was more impressed with Dotson. And what's funny is going pulling up Dotson's numbers. He um, his passing is good, ninety two percent. His long passing isn't great. Um, his uh, duels that he won is only 39%, you know, um, six interceptions is good. Anyway, I'm, I'm just reading a few of these off his total actions and successful ones was 59%, which is not great for a, a central midfielder. But what I really dug from, uh, from how he played is I thought that, um, he's just, um, more mobile than Jan Gregush. And he seems just more connected to the play. He's got a lot of more short passing. Gregush often has these kind of longer passes. I, I feel like maybe in my, in my stereotype of, of what type of play he has. Um, I, I just think that there's way more dynamism. 
it's night and day between Ozzy and Grey Goosh and Dotson and Trap. There's, uh, I, I would love to see that, and then I'd love to see um, Grey Goosh sent on for some money, and Jacory Hayes be the be the second, uh, be, be the first substitute into that midfield because I know that Jan is going to be it, but. Hot. Hundred percent. I I think this is. I think we've we've talked about it earlier in the season, especially when Hassani got signed to a three year contract. I think you lock him down. You give him the starts. He's proven it. We've. I don't know the the win loss percentage when he's in or when he's out. Um, Ozzy, we we know it's a known quantity that he's going to get limited minutes, and so he is not going to be in the starting eleven. Jan Gregu should be but he's not passing the eye test. And maybe that's him getting a little bit more fitness, but um, it's just, it, I, I think you're absolutely right that he doesn't fit as well with Reynoso. He doesn't fit as well with the attack. Dotson does. And Dotson could be our talisman going forward. He could be, um, you know, the great, he could he could become a club legend if he, if he stays here and really, um, yeah. or if even if he moves on, it doesn't even matter if he stays here. He, uh, I think, has won over the fan base, and we want to see more of him. And I think he's proving it. I think he's taking his chance, and yeah, and he's running with it. Dotson is obviously Heath likes what he sees from him because he's putting him out wherever on the pitch where he can fit him. And now the question is, does he like him enough to really give him a shot? Gregus just came back from the Euros, right? It's very hard to to give a spot to this young guy who ha- is dynamic, but this is one of your um, TAM players. Or is he, may, he might still be a DP. Um, no, he's, he's, he's yeah. backed out. He okay. got bought down. And so, so player, I think it's, it's tough there, but I, I, again, I, yeah. Heath has to live by what he says, which is that the players pick the team and Dotson is playing himself really well. He's, I don't think he's had a stinker yet this season. I think he's got a long way to go up. But um, he needs a chance to do that. Um, Rodrigo is is like jumping on and off, so he, he's going to pop on again and then and talk some stuff. But I want to go to um, Bebelo for for a, for a few minutes. I thought he was really not with it in this game. He gave up the ball in infuriating ways, just really bad passing. The way we saw um, in the Colorado game, I, I just thought he was not. He was disjointed, and um, you know, in in tweeting with with Bruce McGuire, our friend, Bruce thought that you know it was while well, Babylon was getting double teamed and wasn't getting support. Maybe it's that, but I, I guess I, that's not what I was seeing. I was seeing him be just um really frustrated with other players and um and not very good. I don't know. And then of of course, like his pass to set up Nico Hansen was great late in the game. But he just seemed uninterested or, or disconnected. Um, well, I, I, I think, you know, and Rodrigo might have something to say about Babelo, but the the thing that that I'm noticing is it's like there's almost like this little bit of, and I can't decide if it's he's going for the glory of these, you know, this back and forth tiki-taka combination play or if he's just having a harder time understanding Unu, I think that and that and that's going to translate to a little bit about what we're going to talk with uh, Adrian Unu, which is he's not something's not clicking. And is it and is it their um, is it their chemistry? Do they not know where to find each other? Is it a fitness thing? It's like does Unu not know where? Reynoso wants to to serve the ball, or is it Reynoso not knowing where Unu wants it? So you're seeing um, it as so the, I think as, it's a little. I think he works well with Fragapani. The that maybe that's it. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's the two of them. I think I think Reynoso has Fragapani figured out. I think he's got Lud figured out on the right, and I think he has yeah. Lud figured out as a false nine. But I think it's just getting used to Unu, and then also Nico Hansen. Um, we go? which is a little bit more successful. We lost him again. God damn it. He's gone. Um, so <laughs> he'll, he'll jump. He's going to jump Universal Studios. and watch this. Wi Fi sucks. He's going to talk about all these topics after he'll be like, oh, now I want to talk about Bebelo. Um, so 
you know, I, we don't have to go through all of it, but there were there were questions that we got from Twitter about Unu, and you know, obviously, I was really impressed with the first couple of games I saw from Unu. I I don't know. Um, I think we did have a Twitter question that was basically like, "Are we are we ready to say he's a problem or something like that?" Um, I think it's way too early to to say if anyone is is a successful player or not. Um, again, w- with an international player. I think um, at least six months uh, of, of like betting in time to really get a sense of what's going on um, is useful. And so he has not been very good these last couple of games. And I, I don't know what to attribute that to. Maybe it is, as, as you say, um, he and you know the primary playmaker are not really connecting. It's very important to figure out how his moves allow other space for um, Frank Payne or Lude or whoever to come in. So I, I'm not sure what to say there, but um, he hasn't he hasn't been stellar. We'll say that. There, there, I've seen some comments that I think this is like a, a very holistic like criticism or like um, analysis where it's it's not one particular problem. It's a bunch of little things that need to be ironed out, um, which can be equally infuriating. But it's one of the comments that I saw was. Frank Payne and then Lud and or Hansen um, pick or choose um, when they are playing on the wings, they like to tuck in and cut in more, which doesn't give us the ability to play as wide with our wingers. And so Unu has to do a lot more tracking back or has to track out wide. He doesn't have the ability to be that focal point in the middle when everything is collapsing on itself and you know, if Frank Payne stayed out wide or if, you know, Romain Metaner came in and was making those bombing runs up the right-hand side that allowed Nico or Lud to come back in, and I think Unu could kind of drift center-right, like, I don't know if that's part of it, um, but that is one of the criticisms that I've seen, and I think I agree with that maybe part of the issue with Unu wanting to make these darting runs and getting in behind the center backs is because our wingers do like to tuck in and be a little bit more inverted and play a little bit more narrow for combination play rather than taking it wide to the box and then cutting it in and playing a little more vertically similarly to yeah, well, what one, Ethan one Finley does. One of the does. things is that Unu, when he's been at his most dangerous, has been on the counter. Um, and so and getting a good ball over to him has been helpful. You know, He went down pretty early with a penalty shout um, that – I think he he basically just fell over too easy um, in the fifteenth minute, but I so yeah. I think that um, we've got we've got this thing where we aren't playing counterattacking soccer right now. We have in the past. Um, we've got this guy who maybe that's the way he's kind of uh, wanting to see the game, uh, and so uh, I don't know. I took a break here just to uh, to reintroduce. Uh, Rodrigo's back. Computer's working again. Mark is back um, and has had how many courses of... Uh... Oh, um, yeah. I was at Waldman for their um, beer pairing dinner. And so I had um, five courses with a pre-course <laughs> beer with... Uh, it was good. That's my wife, Lindsay, who also had all the beers with me. You guys look like you had a very good time. <laughs> and... Um, we had a very good time. It was a very good meal. And um, yeah, it turns out like seven beers full with five courses of food. Well, good for you. I'm for very happy time. for you. Um, I, I want yeah. to, we were, talk, we, we were talking about Bebelo, Unu. Thank you. Um, Rodrigo, what, what are you seeing in, in this game, particularly in the, this attack of, of um, the, the struggles there? I think, I think one of the things that, Reynoso is doing is he's holding on to the ball too too long and by doing so being dispossessed easily by uh, by uh, the other defenders um, it's no it's, it's, it's not it's written on the wall like you got you, you're gonna send two people or as many people as you can to dispossess on the ball and, and as of lately it's been happening on our side of the field which leads to quick counters I think 
it, I don't know if it's, it's a distrust issue or it's just the fact that he just wants to do everything, right? He feels obligated to to produce, and 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 sometimes he just doesn't seem that he's he's doing that well. And he's best at when he's free, free and free and moving, and connecting passes. I think he's good when he touches the ball with um, Fragapane. They always look for each other to make that connection combination pass. But that becomes a little bit too much when they do more than two in a row. Like they do two back in a row, and then the, the ball the, by the third pass, the ball goes somewhere else. You already have heavily, heavily defenders just swapping into the area because they know that that what Reynoso can do, and so it, it needs to be one of those one-two combination passes. And then what we do sometimes, like with my kids, we'll, we'll practice like short, short, long, right? So we do two short passes. And then the next one has to be a long one. So, so in this case, in this scenario, is like two have two short passes, and then have one go out to the side, or have it go go be a negative pass back to the defender or a defensive midfielder to restart the process, or make a through ball pass into open space for um, for one for for Unu, right? Because at that moment when you're making all those passes, you are you're making the defense pay attention, and, and that's one of the things they'll gravitate to. And 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 Fragapane has some sort of connection with Chase. He looks for Chase. He yells at Chase. Right. He wants the ball there. He wants the ball there. And I I kinda appreciate that more from him as to directing what Chase has to do in Chase's blunders or mistakes or painful or what you wanna call them are are less and less. He's beginning to at least make good quality passes and, and understanding what he needs to do. The, the one thing that I do not see often is these long through ball passes that Molino mm, yep. would, would try to make, in which for a forward, it it is a connection that that means it just has to split the center back and run to a space. And I think there was a play in which Stabasi was able to either possess the ball or have control of the ball, and he just passed along along little looked like a long putt, right. And it's just because it wasn't going super fast. It was just going to a place, and a new di- diagonally was able to intercept the ball and then have an opportunity. We need to be able to create not only the ticky tacky kind of offense, but also that kind of opportunity. Well, and that our, that I think is an important thing. So the the pass you're talking about is the one that that we mentioned of um, when Unu gets into gets the ball into the box. He makes a great diagonal run to to meet this long pass, and then he gets knocked over in the fifteenth minute. Fifteenth minute. Um, I think that that is a good point of like the ability to, to have that kind of vertical directness, um, allows us to not get caught into this thing where the ball's moving very laterally and then it goes out to the fullback and then it goes in for a cross and then it gets, uh, you know, booted out. Um, Mark, um, what, what, uh, what would you like to say about the, the Unu Bebelo connection thing or just the attack? I mean, the attack just seemed like it was too congested in that um, uh, Seattle, they were playing with three center backs. And then all of a sudden you had, uh, you know, Babelo that wants to go center. You had our two inverted wingers that all want to go center. And it just seemed like it was too compact. And I don't know if this has been, but like, I think we were like what, like one for eight for shots on goal, and one of those was our the actual goal, something like that. And so it just seemed like it was so compact, and that's when actually the change happened. Like when uh, Heath used his subs, he brought in uh, Nico Hansen on the right, and for good reason because I mean uh, Taylor was doing very well at uh, the at right fullback. He is no Metonair. And like, and that's not a shot at uh, a shot at him. Like he's just not there yet. And he's not the attacking threat on the sideline yet. So he's not able to like draw the defense and spread them wide at all. So once you um brought on Hansen, all of a sudden you had a threat who can go deep, penetrating wide on the right and then cross it over. And you saw how it spread out the defense, and like that also is how it opened things up. And like, I thought it was a very good sub. And it's interesting how uh, basically like the water break happened right after uh, Minnesota gave up the goal that was offsides on a set piece. 
And once you had that happen, uh, Austin, you saw everyone come back. And it seemed like they kind of like, they're like, Adrian, he's figured out what needed to be done. And then you saw the goal happen. Like, like Nico Hansen spread it out. And, uh, and then Lou just kind of fell into his role that he was very comfortable in last year and, and got in that position. And like, it was very nice. Like, it seemed like some very good strategic game planning on the part of Adrian Heath and Minnesota United. Kind yeah, of we can go back a bit at that point in a sec, but um, uh, let's talk about that goal then. You had really good um, pressure coming uh, at multiple stages, causing Seattle to kind of be a little bit um, sloppy with the ball, and then um, and then DJ Taylor gets the ball, gives it to Hanson, does a give and go with Reynoso. What's amazing is two guys are tracking Hanson. And then Hanson just pa- passes the ball off. They completely forget that there's a player there, and they look at the ball. Hanson runs around, and he's completely free now. And Bebelo gives him the ball, and then he crosses, and Lude is back post with no one on him. It was it was terrible defending. The 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 thing that. Leading up to that goal, because there's there's a couple of things that we should mention. Like the momentum was starting to drift toward Minnesota United. I, the the fans were totally just destroying Seattle, and the one this this goal came after sustained pressure from Minnesota on Seattle. After there was a almost errant pass from, and I can't I don't want to miscredit this. Um, but I'm just going to say it's DJ Taylor may have had a bad pass over into the midfield that Seattle inter- almost intercepted, but Debassi got there first and then launched the ball over the back line to Robin Lud, who was brought it down and then was brought down like horse collar style from the, the, the Jersey down in the box PK, whatever it was uh, PK. ref called Maybe. it off. Um, it was totally a PK. It was absolutely yeah, a PK. And, and also it was that uh, there was no stoppage of play to review it before the goal was scored afterwards. Correctly. So so then the ball ends up getting recycled back, and then it comes up, and 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 we have that give and go with Reynoso and Hansen. Hansen comes back around, has a great cross over. It gets deflected, which helped, um, but it was still a great ball, still a great play. Lud was totally not marked tapped it in and Bob's your uncle. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, like this is a, at that, at that point, there was tired legs for Seattle, Like they had literally like 15 year olds and their, and their substitutes up next to play. Um, and you know, this wasn't the strongest Seattle team that we, that we faced. It wasn't the first Seattle team. You sound like Don, the uh, Seattle so, Sounders reply guys yeah, on Twitter there, there, uh, Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I, I'm making, I'm making, I'm making a point that like, when you play, in, when we play in a team like this, when they're reserved, you should win, right? You, you should win, and you should be able to create dangerous opportunities, uh, which we were not. Like we were crossing the ball, you know. We had Tyler had three saves. Their goalie had one save, right? Like every time he crossed the ball on a corner or anything. The goalie went out and got it, and we weren't we weren't extremely dangerous. There, there were times where no so on set pieces or on corners, we just go for the quick one, trying to figure out when not everyone set, not everyone's understanding. Like 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 Mark said, the the offense wasn't in sync until that substitution happened. Right when you are able to substitute Hansen in, who has the urgency to move forward. It's like, similar to Ethan like, Finley, uh, right? Like yeah. Dotson has, Dotson has, and then you know you you also at you know you you are able to create an opportunity, and Reynoso needs to just find someone that great. He had a great nutmeg pass, and he might lead might lead the league in nutmeg passes. But that was his. Uh, that was a great pass that Hanson was able to do. But but Hanson's also had many opportunities to shoot and score throughout this whole season as well too, and he's not been that effective. And that was one of the things that you saw when he crossed the ball. It bounced off a player, and that bounce could have gone anywhere. So we got lucky in the aspect of that. And but it's it, it, it's the way this league is, it is like it's, it's a tough stretch for us. And a win is a win. Like I wasn't hopeful. I actually lost a bet, and now I have to drink Chilean pisco somewhere when I get back 
Oh, I got you covered, buddy. Oh, we both got you covered. I trust trust Corey's stuff. (laughs) It's the same stuff. Who who has been to Chile in the last, like, decade and a half that has Pisco? Corey is my supplier. I'm his pusher man. Corey, I go to Corey, yeah. I'm his Pisco man. But no, like, similar to that, like, it's tricky just because, like, Adrian Heath did a very good job with his subs and with his strategy. And I normally, when we do late game substitutions and we bunker, we're very bad at it. And he actually did a very good job of uh, when he substituted out, like when he took out, um, we put in Finley and Alonzo came on. Finley was a great sub in that he is not great on the left side as an attacking player but he is great on the left side as someone who is going to press the crap out of defenses to make them keep their ball in their half. And then you had right. Nico Hansen doing the same thing after that goal on the, on the right side. And there was just so much pressure. And then eventually it, it be, basically became a four, four, three where it was ish on there because like, I mean, there was no one like you had Robin Lude, like basically is, like there, and there, it was just all there that's, to that's pressure. That's the beer stuff. That's the beer stuff. You can't have a four-four-three. Did I do the math wrong on that? Yeah, yeah. it's four-four. Well, no, it Tyler four, Miller actually it played four, the striker. Three, three, sorry, four-three-three. Yeah, whatever. We, we figured, we figured we're gonna pro, we're gonna press him <laughs> yeah, so hard man. that Tyler Miller could just like walk. Yeah, his, like, Tyler Miller struck. became became our president. No, it was a four. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. He's gonna walk around like the night yeah, came yeah, from yeah. Ga- from Game of Thrones, right. just like strutting his stuff. But no, the and so I was actually like great with that. But the one thing that like is just blaring is just how bad our shot production is. Like going into the match, we had what like twenty six percent on goal percentage, and this match was like eighteen percent. Like we got worse in this. So like even like it was great that we like squeaked out a win, a one zero win, but it does not cover up the fact that like our shot production is so terrible and is not sustainable. Like if we want to be a playoff team, either we need to improve or we're going to be stuck on this cusp of going back and forth between in the playoffs, not in the playoffs because our, our shot production goals is just was, terrible um, right now. A, a total of, oh shoot, hang on. Um, one, hold on, 1.06. And that's because um, the Robin Lude goal was a point. Seven two, so the best other one was uh, was Debassi's Debassi oh shot God. on the uh, corner kick that went just wide. That was a, a point two six, uh, so yeah, wow. which was a, which was a great header and 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 Fragapani's yeah. been great so, on the corners. Um, yeah, I like Fragapani. Have you noticed that both Reynoso and Fragapani, like uh, they don't put the yeah. ball on the line at all, right? They just put it right across it, and I'm surprised that there's no like referees or uh, line. Telling me that surprised that uh, Fragapane crosses the line. Um. Mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's anyway, talk the, let's talk about the uh, game coming up this weekend. You know, I'm uh, headed back to Pennsylvania so I can pick up my family and uh, actually, um, uh, you know, see human beings uh, who I'm related to again. So, um, but did you guys try the Venezuelan food truck? That was there at the bar. Oh my god! I, I did not. No, I, I no, was. I was not there, but I, I, I texted. I have a, I have a friend who's from Venezuela whose mother has made me arepas, uh, homemade and all that other stuff. And when I told him, I was like, "Hey, if you're going to the game, you should go." And he goes, "In big old capital." So apparently, yeah. so they were like, like the it was, a, it wasn't smooth running. Um, uh, the the first time out. Um, but now we've gotten permission to put them right on the grass lot so people can be like, um, you can just go on the sidewalk right next to the bar and get it. Uh, and they're going to be there early enough. And they were like, now we know what everyone wants and we're going to focus on the things that we can do quickly. And I was like, great, cool. So um, Hector and his family uh, have that food truck. Go buy their stuff. We're going to shut down our kitchen uh, again during during the day. Um, because it's just so much easier to get people booze and then they get the food somewhere else. Um, I think it worked for most people. You know, they did run out of food pretty early because I, I told them we'd be busy and I don't think they were quite prepared for how busy. Um, but Portland, <laughs> this weekend, 7 p.m., I believe there's going to be a U.S. women's uh, replay game on before that. Um, it's our first meeting since 
the uh, the Diego Chara and Fragapane Fraca or um, whatever, just basically until since since that whole thing. Um, what do you want to say about this? What are you looking forward to? Uh, part I'm not looking forward to is the narrative about that because for lots of us it's um, it's completely unclosed. It's it's still nothing has really been said to resolve it or, or try to make amends, and so. I mean, it's it's we knew, we said going into the into this season that this stretch of a couple matches was going to be kind of the make it or break it if we if we weren't in that kind of playoff hunt. Um, <clears throat> we've already beat them once. I think we're going to be playing them at home. Portland hasn't been doing so swell either. Um, they beat FC Dallas on an 84 minute goal from Jeremy Bobasi. Um, but before that they lost four nil and Austin, a loss to us and a draw against Houston. So they're not doing terribly great. Um, and they play LAFC in Providence or in, uh, in Portland on Wednesday night. So they'll be coming to Minnesota on short rest after playing this weekend as well. So, um, I mean, it's, it's another must win. I think we have to rack up these six point matches against teams like Portland and LAFC who are just above and below us respectively. Right now we're sitting six Portland is sitting seventh. Um, LAFC is sitting fifth. So Wednesday night, Wednesday night uh, game is going to be really interesting and important. Um, it's another one that we got to win. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's also one that we've had Portland's number a little bit at home and I wouldn't heavily favor us, but, um, but I think that they should be able to, pull something out here. Rodrigo, you want to say anything before we, we move on? No, I think this is going to be a really interesting match. Um, I think Severici is going to, understanding that they are going to come with tired legs, is going to have a, a good strategy. And we'll see if, if Heath is able to counter a strategy or or make right uh, tactical choices. Of the, uh, we did not, the sorry, we, we are um, uh, remiss for not mentioning the fight between Adrian Heath and who was the Seattle player? Um, the oh, yeah, the twenty-one-year-old okay. Suzuko, um, yeah. who, who kind of went down near Heath, and Heath grabs the ball and kind of says something to the guy, and obviously upset the uh, the the guy. And um, was it the W word? Um, Did he call him a wanker? I, I think he basically said, "Yeah, you should probably a, get it in a certain way." And uh, in in uh, in in was it uh, Andy Greeter's recap? Uh, he interviewed Heath, and Heath was like, "You know, maybe I shouldn't have said something to him because I didn't realize how big he was until he stood up." <laughs> um, I would say what, it was one of my. Um, so I, we, I was like, when that happened, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Only we can say that shit to Heath. No, you don't get to do." But um, it was one of my uh, a, a great moment where um, their center back Ariaga, who plays with the tucked in shirt. Um, w- was back and we were like, and I just I just yelled like Ariaga, tuck in your shirt more, tuck in your shirt more, and then he untucks it, and then we were all everyone was like whoa, so then we got the section just doing <laughs> tuck in your shirt, tuck in your shirt. Oh, it was beautiful. Just I live for those moments. Just when you get a man, a grown man, to untuck his shirt because you've yelled about it. It's there's no greater uh, joy in my life. Seeing my kids. Uh, born and which, then, like that was just above it which is which is which is like let's let's be clear we are pro pro tuck because jacory hayes rocks the well, tuck and Ariaga so is a hard stelt dude he's, and he's, we, a, he's like yeah. a little um otter he's like a river otter so yeah you gotta you gotta he's like but he's <laughs> he's lithe as they say um yeah okay Slick. let's let's take a break we'll come back and we'll uh we'll do some twitter questions <laughs> Back on the 55.1 podcast, let's close this out with some Twitter questions. Uh, Gordy Lowen uh, says, which member of the Avengers should the loons add to the roster for backline depth? This is a total nerd question for you guys. Say, uh, He said, if you say the Hulk, remember it's just going to be Mark Ruffalo wandering around there over half the time. Um, I feel like if you add Loki, then that's basically like adding... Calvo is Loki. So. Yeah. I was going to say, is oh. Loki considered an Avenger in our, in our eyes? 
I don't. Yeah, know, I mean, I not. mean, in 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 some instances, but I would add, uh, I would add, Rhodey, uh, James Rhodes, um, was it Iron Patriot? I think is is the is the name. Put him in the back line. I think it'd be a great idea. I'm going Sounds Red like Guardian. Red Guardian, okay, right. the deepest of cuts. Yeah. All right, Mike. Um, Wait, that's not Mark, even in the movies. Red Guardian. You need to start watching your most recent Marvel need, releases, sir. I, I, I yeah. did watch Black Widow. Yeah, I do. Oh, oh, War Machine. War Machine. Sorry, I said that's Iron exactly Patriot. That's a different. That's a different. Iron Patriot is a whole different thing. War Machine is the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. War Machine. Ter- James James Rhodey Rhodes. Yep, that's it. Um, by the, by the way, my dudes, since we're big John Wick fans, um, I don't know where you can watch it. I watch it on my brother's Plex server, but nobody, uh, with Bob Odenkirk is like a John Wick movie, but like with instead with Bob Odenkirk, it is so good. It's funny, but it's not like a comedy. It is so good. And then I just watched, um, uh, gun smoke, gunpowder, milkshake or something like that which also feels like a wes anderson uh john wick movie that stars um karen gillam from uh doctor who and uh it's it's both of those i've been watching stupid uh action man you you go you go i love like your bachelor month like recommendations like i want the blog that like comes out once a year you're like you're like a you're like a dad cicada that's just It is true. It's like I don't watch any of the Marvel movies except for when I'm like sad and lonely and bored. Uh, so <laughs> then you then, then you molt then, then you molt and die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be back next year for uh, to review the next three Marvel movies that will come out. Mark Slater says, "Okay, I'll toss out a Disney question. While at the park, which character mascot would you pull aside to discuss Disney labor issues with?" It says like Psst, over here. You know what isn't goofy? Better pay and benefits. So uh, this is because I tweeted about Disney. I'm sorry you weren't at Disney. I get it. Uh, but let's let's answer this question. I was gonna. I was uh, actually gonna say Goofy because I feel like he would be like the sleeper cell. Oh, I was gonna no, say any he? any of the princesses, like any of the princesses, be like, yeah, no, like you're being exploited. Goofy, goofy does have real. Um, uh, like neckbeard Bernie Sanders uh, vibes to him. Dirtbag left. That's what I was thinking of. He's very goofy as dirtbag dirt bag left. Um, anyone else? All right. Matt Axelson says, uh, this is too complex of a question. Love you, Matt. We'll go to uh, another <laughs> one. It's been, a, been a, a long night. We started late and it's, uh, it's, it's getting toward midnight for uh, the, the U.S. women's team are about to, to turn. Come on, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm not um, going to bed. I'm just gonna go see if there's an open bar somewhere, and then come back and watch the women play. I'd be in a, I'd like in a couple hours. So, okay, this is a this is a. Uh, I'll ask this. Just who knows? Graham says it's a shame they got rid of Ellen's energy adventure ride at Epcot and are taking five years to replace it with the Guardians of the Galaxy ride that no one wants. Unbelievable. Anyway, why are Reynoso's offensive passing stats so elite this season, but not getting actual actual assists? Are his stats elite? Uh, yes, no, his, so. no, they top are. Five, he, right? His like chance production is top of the league. Mm. It's just that again, we are the worst shooting team in the league. So he make all the chances he wants, but when only a quarter of them even make it near the goal, it doesn't really matter. But getting back to the thing, I actually really like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I would really much appreciate that ride. So I don't know what he's saying about how no one really wants the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, because I kind of do. Okay. Fair enough. Um, let's, uh, let's go with Christian Fitchett. We'll close it off here. Surprise, surprise enjoyable experience on the vacay. This is your chance to tell us uh, that. And then amount of butterbeer consumed daily. And he says, now having seen Harry Potter World, what would each one of your 55-1 co-hosts do as a street performer in Harry Potter World? <laughs> uh, the, you can answer whatever you want there, my man. Um, Butterbeer, and I, and when I told a bunch of other people this, um, Butterbeer is over, Butterbeer's overrated and overpriced. So, yes. Uh, so all it is is like subter, cream, like, and then whipped cream. And so literally it's like, the way Santi described it, which was the best description I've heard, is you take a can of Coca-Cola, 
you mix it in with the spray, and then you put whipped cream on top of it. So you're and saying you, you so you're saying that so you're saying that okay. butterbeer is like Sounds Eric Clapton. They they both suck without cream. Oh, <laughs> oh! I see what you did there. There's, I'm uh, a big, a, I, I, I'm a big Derek and the Dominoes kind of guy. So I get to oh what you The slide guitar at the end of Layla ruins the song. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Um, what was the other question? Did you go to Harry Potter World? So you, yeah, you no, went. You um, went to. Her- I think you'll be great. Uh, muggles, you know, people who are not wizards, or, or whatever that yeah. word is. I learned about that over there. All the people you have you have not read Harry Potter. Oh, I, I why would I? <laughs> because it's fun. I've read it probably two or three times. Well, you know, you, you should you you should have a conversation with Issa because Issa was like, we we went through uh, all of um, all of the resort trying to find a Hufflepuff. Um, what is it? Uh, a sweatshirt? Yeah, in Alania, right? That's, we'll put Issa that's on like, this podcast. Let's let talk to the interesting. All right, one all right, go, Issa, come here, Issa. Issa. Yeah. Well, like, man, the, why is she still away? The, the, the answer. It, there's on a vacation, vacation, dude. Summertime. Uh, but right, to answer the question, question, I don't. I don't think we Hi. would be. Oh yeah, go ahead. All right. Here we go, Isa. We wanted. We want to get your um your your best review. What's the best part of uh, Harry Potter World? The best part of Harry you, Potter World. Ooh. Put put best the put part? her in front of the. Yeah, there we go. Now we can hear. The best part about. Wizarding World? Um, probably Hagrid's motorbike. That was a really good ride. Tell me so about it. I don't know anything about this. Um, so Hagrid is one of the, like, he's a teacher at... Oh, I know Hagrid. Sorry, oh, okay. I don't know about the ride. Uh, yeah, we're the, the, our listeners, we're nerdy, even though your dad apparently has never read these. But yeah, yeah, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a, a Ravenclaw. I don't know what you are, Wes. I'm, I'm a Gryffindor. Obvious. I don't know. Y'all, you're, yeah, you're a Hufflepuff. Y'all, y'all yeah, know. so is my wife. My wife's Definitely. Hufflepuff. Um, so Hagrid is, um, if you guys have ever seen, like, videos of, like, the POVs of, like, Blast Coaster and, like, the Incredible Hulk ride, like, mm-hmm. Hagrid is just, like, a level down from those ones. So basically, like, you never, like, flip, but they have you go on the side and almost flip you over a lot. And then, so, and then you go straight up. So towards the end of the ride, you like reach like the end of the track and like they send you like straight up almost and then the roller coaster goes backwards until they stop you and then the roller coaster drops to another um to another track and then you wait there for a couple of seconds and you just go straight it's like it's really cool and it goes really yeah. fast and like being on the sides a lot is really it's fun and also yeah. a lot of the scenery that um, you walk to, like to get to the ride, is really pretty. And like it's even better when you're going when the sun is down, like when the sun is going down in the sunset. It's just like because um, you get a great view of the castle, right as you're like walking into the ride. That's awesome. Um, final final question. Uh, yeah. How how embarrassing has your dad been this trip? Not, honestly, not really. Oh, damn. It's, damn. It's, it, it's actually very surprising <laughs> that you haven't been embarrassed since this trip. Oh, no. That's just because we've been split up most of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> we've been split up. Okay. All right. All right. Let's 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 put the man back on so we don't we don't have to embarrass him. Thank you, Isa. Um we are our, our okay. special correspondent on all things wizarding and uh goal scoring. So, um, I was right. gonna, I was uh, gonna say, I, I was gonna say, we should uh, when we do the fifty-five-one uh, Quidditch podcast, <laughs> she she can be the host of that one, yeah. and we, we can talk oh, about. Man, um, no, she was, yeah. she is. Well, once we got there, it was like Issa was in her own world, like literally, like like the very first ride we went to is like. I'm, I'm old school, right? Like, I grew up with, like, Valley Fair and the Corkscrew and all these things, so, like, and Excalibur. So, like, when you tell me we're going on a roller coaster, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to sit on this little, like, 4 by 4 thing, and we're going to go up rails, and we're going to throw around. Well, now they have 3D and 4D rides, 
which I've never really been into, right? Like I've never. Wait. And the very first thing we do is we go on this 4D ride, right? And like it flips you upside down. It we sinks you upside down. Like it literally gives you like similar feelings to go on our roller coaster. And Santi was Isn't right next a- to me, and that was the very first thing he <laughs> the type of roller coaster he was in. He was holding my hand the whole time, and he goes, "That was scary, but fun." And I was like, yes, I was Santi. like, wow. I was like, okay, this is a whole different thing. <laughs> We're podcasting in the hotel room with the whole family. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. All right. Let's, uh, let's call this guys. This has been great. Um, Rodrigo, enjoy your vacation. Say hi, give love to all your family. Go full Florida man. Best you can. Uh, Mark, enjoy your hangover tomorrow. Yeah, my it's uh, it's going to be, it's going to be sweet. Corey, you got to probably wake up and, and uh, talk to Michael Barbaro. I uh, have a couple days left of, uh, of Bastardom, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some shitty movies, guys. Can't can't wait for everyone. the uh, can't wait for the uh, Cicada Dad reviews. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're uh, you're sexy, you're beautiful, and everyone loves you. Thanks. <laughs>